independent media is more important than ever. We don't have a corporate network behind us, and we also don't have big green foundation grants. So we really do need you, and we are actively calling in your direct support so that we can continue exploring many of these topics and perspectives, often sidelined by mainstream media. If you're enjoying our show, please make sure you're subscribed and join us on Patreon today, starting at a tip of just $3 at patreon.com slash green dreamer. Every little bit helps and really adds up. And that is the power in community. So thank you so much for however you're able to support our work. You know, we're really obviously the, the organic natural food industry is on fire and then the fashion side of things are really now at a tipping point where it's not even about staying ahead anymore. It's about not being left behind. What does it mean that we're now beginning an eco-renaissance? Rather than guilting or shaming people into being more eco-friendly, which might really just push people away, how can we attract people into sustainability so that they naturally and excitedly want to be a part of this movement? That's just the tip of the iceberg of what you'll hear today. If you're not already signed up to our podcast's weekly highlights, you can do so at greendreamer.com. I write these newsletters myself every week, and I really look forward to sharing my bite-sized takeaways with you. Again, that's greendreamer.com to sign up. And now to our episode. Let's dive in. Hey, it's Kamea Shane, and this is Green Dreamer, a podcast for creatives, visionaries, and entrepreneurs dreaming of a sustainable future. Thank you for bringing your light. If you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe, and together, let's learn what it takes to thrive in every sense of the word. Our guest today coined the term eco-fashion and is an internationally recognized eco-lifestyle expert, educator, innovator, and serial ecopreneur. She's the founder of leading sustainable fashion and lifestyle companies Metaware, Under the Canopy, and Farm to Home. She's also the executive producer of Thread Documentary, Driving Fashion Forward, and she's also the co-founder of Good Catch Foods, Beyond Brands, and the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. With all of her projects rooted in sustainability as a core mission, she's been instrumental in driving environmental leadership and social justice worldwide for almost three decades. Putting all of her knowledge of the sustainability movement together, she also recently wrote a book just published called Eco Renaissance. I have this linked in the show notes so you can check it out for yourself. And you'll also hear her talk about her inspirations for the book shortly. Green Dreamer, starting with what inspired her passion for the environment, here's Marcy Zaroff. So when I was 16 years old, a girlfriend of mine gave me the book Living in the Light, and um, it just struck a chord in me, you know, that there's more than what we see to the naked eye. And at the same time, this, the same girlfriend had been introduced to the brand Aveda. And, you know, it was a very in the early stages of Aveda. And so she showed me, you know, their clove shampoo and I read the ingredients and I said, oh, my gosh, this is really interesting plant based ingredients. And it just again, I, there was this epiphany of, well, what does that mean about other products? And I when I started to realize that business and, and products do not have to be mutually exclusive with being mindful about the environment, it just 
that light bulb went off in me. And so when I was in my kind of late teens, um, I started, you know, eating more vegetarian. I became actually a vegetarian and I, I just started to learn about all the choices that I was able to make that were more conscious to the environment and ultimately human health. And then that took me on a path into business where in 1990, I opened a school to teach other people about what I had learned. And today that school is called the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and is the world's largest nutrition school and has certified over 75,000 people worldwide as health coaches. And is now, I think, in 135 countries around the world, too. But that opened my eyes. We opened the first Aveda concept salon in the school. So we then connected food to beauty. And then I discovered the missing link in the wellness environmental movement, um, the missing link in that equation. And it was fashion. And that was because I got exposed to um, the way cotton was being grown because 60% of a cotton plant goes back to the food stream. Um, I got exposed to uh, what was going into textile production as I looked you know, closer at air and water pollution. And um, I coined the term eco-fashion in 1995. Uh, to basically roll my sleeves up and pioneer the movement for sustainable fashion and help people learn what I knew and kind of drive the industry through that education and inspiration and innovation and ultimately collaboration. Yeah. And what gave you the courage to constantly pioneer new things within this space, pioneer new ways of thinking, new projects? Yeah. So, um, my favorite quote is actually by Jonathan Swift and it's vision is the art of seeing things invisible, right? So, you know, having spent so many years as a consumer on the food side and being in the trenches when people's perception of eating healthy organic food was granola and brown rice, but watching that um, evolution in the consumer through the school. Really, we were doing cooking classes and we used to tell people, don't believe anything that we're telling you, just try it you know, just see how you feel, you know, and then that sort of segued into my relationship with beauty products and the incredible sense of the essential oils that were going into Aveda. And then ultimately, you know, with fashion that you don't have to give up style, quality, fit, color, comfort, or hand. And as I would see the concept of no compromise across these different categories, it became evident that these industries were able to move forward. You don't have to give up anything. You uh, you add value, you get more. And I think that is really the catalyst for why we're now seeing this, you know, eco renaissance, right? For sure. So since then, you've done so much within the sustainability space. Can you walk us briefly through your entrepreneurial journey and the projects that you've started? Sure. So, um, so I mentioned IIN and the Aveda Spa uh, in our school. And then in 1995, when I coined the term eco-fashion, I started the first sustainable fashion and home brand called Under the Canopy. And the inspiration was that we all live under the canopy of the planet's ecosystem together. We're all in this together. Um, and uh, Under the Canopy went direct to consumer for many, many years telling these stories because there were no retailers that would embrace this and uh, built a big following. And then I was approached by Whole Foods Markets uh, to write the business plan and be the category captain of launching the interconnection of food to fiber and textiles. And so Under the Canopy launched a 2,000 square foot store and store at Whole Foods Markets 
March 2005 and simultaneously launched accessories in every Aveda salon worldwide, headbands and eye masks and washcloths and things like that. And so that kind of put us on the map and we started launching into lots of major retailers, the very first organic and or sustainable fabric, um, fiber, fashion uh, initiatives. So sheets, towels and other products in the bedding world, baby clothing um, at Macy's. Um, we had whole apparel collections and in many retailers. So it was a really fun ride and I um, built under the canopy successfully. I exited the brand in 2009. I started working on a documentary film series called Driving Fashion Forward with Amber Valletta, which um, is available online, and then uh, started the vision for another company called MetaWare, and MetaWare was my way of saying, how can I now be a solution provider and, and a service provider for other brands and retailers uh, to bring sustainable fashion into the market. And so we kind of look at ourselves as like the Intel inside of fueling the movement. I came back into under the canopy for a few years as a consultant, um, under the canopy sells its, its organic home textiles at Bed Bath and Beyond and Macy's, and then moved on to really focus on MetaWare, uh, over this past year or to two years. Um, and we have a lot of really exciting things brewing with the brand uh, and the company and launching a lot of organic and, and recycled and sustainable uh, fashion initiatives with a wide array of, of brands. And that's kind of been my main focus in terms of my apparel uh, side of what I do. And then I also <laughs> on the other side of what I do is I have a consulting agency called Beyond Brands, which is uh, consists of six different verticals, food, beverage, uh, fashion, beauty, cannabis therapeutics and supplement. We have um, many brands across each of those verticals that are coming to market or just starting to launch, um, including in December, the first plant-based seafood brand called Good Catch. Mm -hmm. So... I've got my fingers and toes and a lot of things, but they're all interconnected. They're all interconnected. <laughs> For sure. This is super impressive and so inspiring to hear you talk about. Um, and I'm curious, what's been your greatest struggle looking back at the past 10, 20 years that you've faced as an eco-lifestyle pioneer and serial entrepreneur? Um, well, I think probably on one level, the, the stigmas that were attached to environmental products, um, you know, whether it be, oh, you have to give up taste if it's organic food, or you have to give up style if it's, you know, organic or sustainable fashion, or you have to give up, you know, functionality if it's beauty products. And I think overcoming those stigmas really have, have come down to drive with great product first. So make really great fashion that, oh, by the way, is also organic and sustainable or really delicious food that, oh, by the way, you know, is also organic and gluten-free or fair trade or whatever the sourcing story is. And, um, you know, and likewise across categories. So, you know, I think building the market to connect source to story and make it transparency cool and sustainability cool and fashionable and fun and really ultimately about no compromise has just taken a long time to really kind of transcend the core audience and, and break out into that mainstream consumer's mindset. But I do think that today with the internet, the game has changed and you can ask those questions and you can pull the curtain back and say, who made my clothes? What's in them? How are they being made? Who's making them? And likewise with food, which is what's driven the farm to table movement and ultimately now the farm to fashion movement. So that's one big challenge. And with that has gone, you know, obviously, those of us who've been in the trenches kind of as innovators, we're creating things that, that haven't necessarily been done before. So it's really being willing to kind of 
battle the, you know, the, the uphill battle until such time that we can, um, bring products that are about no compromise to market. And I think we're there now we're, you know, we're really, obviously the, the organic natural food industry is on fire. And then the, the, um, fashion side of things are really now at a tipping point where it's not even about staying ahead anymore. It's about not being left behind. Yeah. So, Across all categories, it's really important that a product can stand on its own first. And the eco part and the do good part is just, it's on the side and it's there for people to dig deeper into. Absolutely. It, it has to start with great product. It has to start with delicious. It has to start with style and it has to start with functionality, as I mentioned. And, and then it's, oh, by the way, you know, it's also, and that value add equation has, is really the, you know, I think the impetus as to why the game has changed and why more consumers are, are embracing organic products. So then it becomes, it's not why would you buy organic green and sustainable products? It's why wouldn't you buy it? You know, I, I often say as an entrepreneur, I feel like a little kid in a candy store that I get to (laughs) do what I love, make a living and change the world. Like, yes, yes, yes. Right. So it's, it's yes. And it's not yes. Or in, in every step of the way here. Yeah. And I was going to say for us, uh, creatives and entrepreneurs, we naturally just have a lot of ideas and I personally have (laughs) shiny object syndrome. So I see one thing, I'm like, I want to do this. And I see something else. I'm like, I want to do that. How do you decide what eco ventures to ultimately take on? I mean, first and foremost, it has to be coming from a gut for me. Like I see things all the time and there's really that formula that gets me excited. You know, it's the right product. You know, it's really um, making sure that I can connect the source and I understand that sort of that ingredient, that DNA, I say like water for chocolate. And then I know how to communicate that to the market with either it being a white space opportunity or it being something that people are really hungry for, longing for, or would choose if they had it as a choice. And I think the biggest roadblock in green, you know, sustainable products historically has been people don't know where to go find it. They don't know what to believe. They don't know what to look for. They don't know the right questions to ask. And so the name of the game, you know, as a, as an entrepreneur and a, you know, consumer product consultant and expert is really to teach brands and to drive brands that are authentic, that are transparent, that really are coming from that, you know, substance, not the surface understanding though, and which is the premise of my book, how to lead with appealing to people on the the basic senses, like appeal to people at a visceral level, ultimately suggesting that design can change the world, right? Redesign can change the world. Because if you activate people, you know, aesthetically, if it's clothing or from taste, if it's food, then you take them down the rabbit hole. Yes. So it's less so about guilting people into doing it, but just attracting people into the space. Absolutely. And, and activating them and exciting them and making them realize that they don't have to give something up, you know, to be mindful. I mean, we say, you know, being cool and conscious is really the name of the game or in sustainable fashion. It's style with substance. It's all the, all that you can have. It's that added value. It's not, um, having to choose and, and those worlds are not mutually exclusive. And that really is what the win is the win, win, win for everybody, actually. For sure. So across the board, all of your different projects, what do you think has been key to you becoming a successful serial entrepreneur within sustainability? 
You know, I would say understanding how to connect the dots um, and and having a holistic view. One of the things that's been very eye-opening to me, working with so many brands, retailers, and entrepreneurs, as well as, you know, my own experiences, is if you don't understand how each of the different moving parts works together to create the whole, right? Then, then you're going to miss something in your ability to either execute it properly or communicate it properly. And I think a lot of today's companies are not set up that way. Their divisions are very siloed and people aren't talking and they're not figuring out how to work together to find better solutions. But I think more and more companies today, despite Again, historically, that being more common, I think more and more companies are realizing how important it is. And you're also seeing that in the proliferation of community workspaces, you know, where the WeWorks of the world and, and Assemblage, which is where I work out of, you know, that people are co-creating and that co-creation is helping to accelerate the movement. For sure. And I think a lot of ecopreneurs are first and foremost driven by this passion to help our planet thrive and maybe more so struggle with how to make our passion projects take off or establish themselves so that we can support our work in this space. So for us ecopreneurs and creatives with a huge heart for sustainability, what advice would you give us? (laughs) First of all, going back to always trust your gut, right? Because there's all these rules out there that like don't even make sense anymore. They're just not relevant. And I think, you know, if I listened to all the naysayers tell me eco fashion would never work, I wouldn't be where I am. Right. Mm -hmm. So to me, it was never an if it was always a when, and it was always in my gut, you know, something that I said makes sense. Right. So you have to be fueled by passion, right? So you have to find that thing that you're super passionate about, because I believe passion is the key that unlocks manifestation, um, purpose. And I think, you know, you hear the people, planet, profit, you know, layering on passion and purpose are just, just equally fundamental to your success. So you have to have a vision and a mission around how does your product or service as an entrepreneur or as a consumer, what you're buying, how is it really part of a a better model? Uh, Right. So it's that no compromise equation and it's, um, it's about good business, but good being redefined, you know, on those five P's, people, mm-hmm. planet, prof- profit, passion, purpose. Yeah. And you've been in this space for longer than I think anybody that I personally know. <laughs> um, and I'm curious, what's something that shifted your perspective on sustainability over the years? I think, you know, a lot of people um, get very excited because it makes so much sense and they think they can drive things based on telling that sustainability story. And I think something that's probably been eye opening is people aren't going to buy it because it's sustainable, right? They're going to buy it because it's great product. And then, oh, by the way, it's sustainable, which we mentioned earlier in the call. And I think, you know, I think we need to just keep like, you know, nailing that home because it's really about redefining a product or a service in a way that it embeds sustainability in, but it doesn't sell on those principles. In fact, if, you know, a lot of companies have actually opted to not talk about all the great things that they're doing because they're, they're scared that, that they're going to get, you know, ripped apart, um, by all the, you know, the other side of things that they aren't doing well or doing right. And I, and that does happen. I mean, consumers can be, you know, tough and, and really, um, critical of you being, 
being, you know, all or none. But I think the reality is most companies are not all or none unless they're being born that way, which of course, most of my companies have been, but I, I believe we have to meet people where they are. If we're going to have major impact and scale sustainability, we can't live in a, in a, in a bubble where we're preaching to the choir. We have to transform business as businesses today because business as it is today is not sustainable, right? So across every category, um, I think we have to meet those companies and help them on their own path. And the key in the name of the game is transparency. So as long as they're telling, like, we're not perfect, we're getting better. Or as a company, we as an innovator can only do this, but we're always going to look to be raising the bar to go to the next level. It's about best efforts. It's about, you know, honesty and integrity and transparency. But without judgment, we have to be, we're all in this together, going back to under the canopy, you know, we are all living under the canopy of the planet's ecosystem together. We share Mother Earth as our home. We are all interconnected as humanity. And um, we have to remember that. Yeah, so less attacking each other and picking each other apart, but more supporting each other towards our next steps. Yep. Co-creation, you know, a collective, you know, we, we've designed the reality that we live, right? So we need to design a new reality by creating a collective consciousness of people who are out there all, you know, through their own vehicles of transformation, they're all connected into each other with a similar mission vision, you know, of doing better, doing good, changing the way we see business, the way we see products, the way we see, you know, cause it's all an extension of who we are. I mean, everything is just ultimately energy, right? Yeah. And <laughs> what do you think we can do as individuals to help foster this more supportive environment within sustainability? I think, um, you know, the, the premise um, of my book, right, is that there are five kind of pillars to this eco-renaissance, this shift in popular culture, this rebirth in humanity, um, the awakening that we're all part of, you know, one connected ecosystem, right? I think, um, you know, when you look at sort of those five key threads, it's creativity, which, as I said, is kind of creating a new reality, right, and designing differently. It's uh, community, which is that, you know, this, we are all in this together, we have to work together as a community, you know, it's consciousness, we have to be thinking beyond what we see, and going deeper into what our gut says, and, you know, aligning our personal and professional values, right. And it's uh, connection, which, of course, we know, the more connected we are, that's where we can really co create. Um, and collaboration, which is really, you know, the name of the game, we always say, you know, one plus one equals 11 at our business beyond brands, you know, mm. we're all stronger, we're all stronger together than we are apart. So, um, it's great to all work together and cooperation is the new competition, really. And, um, remember that. So on that note, what do you think is our current biggest roadblock to our progress in sustainability? Um, probably old systems and old mindsets that don't want to change that are fearing change, um, or that have, you know, political interests or economic interests in the old school models that are going to constantly, you know, 
battle this out. And the truth is, I always joke that we're living in this modern day Star Wars, you know, <laughs> where the dark and the light forces are truly working against each other to win the game, right? To be the what the the mindset, the culture that exists today. And you can see that disparity out there, right? So I think we have to keep shining the light, activating the light. Again, you know, eco renaissance is very much about this. Um, you look at the original renaissance and it was coming out of the, the dark ages and it was through creativity and people collaborating and art that community and, and consciousness were activated. And then ultimately culture was reborn and went forward in a different way. It was re, you know, redefined. And I think we're seeing that today. I think we're seeing sort of the old school models and the new models, um, sort of battling things out in a way that, um, it's just the nature of things, right. For progress. And I think we're, you know, it's kind of, you see, you hear the term light workers. I mean, people who are out there just spreading the good and we have to stay in that positive energetic force to see true change happen. For sure. So your book that you mentioned, Eco Renaissance, a lifestyle guide for co-creating a stylish, sexy and sustainable world. Um, it's got a beautiful cover. I'm already sold. It's launching <laughs> on August 14th. What were your motivations to write this book? So, um, a lot of what I've been speaking about is, you know, there is a, a shift in culture in popular culture that is, um, necessary in order to, I believe, protect human, um, and environmental wellness and our future generations, right? So in order to help activate more and more people on what this movement is about, this movement, this rebirth of, you know, this awakening of the ecosystem and the interconnection of humanity and the, our environment. I mean, we are not outside of our environment. We are part of our environment. The plants and the trees, they breathe in you know, the carbon dioxide that we breathe out and we breathe in the oxygen that these plants and that nature provides to us. And that's a symbiotic relationship. And we have been destroying our own home and our own source of life, our air, our water, um, our oceans, right? And so we have to wake up before it's too late. And so the book is really my um, lifetime of experience to connect the dots of all the sectors of popular culture, all the spokes in the wheel of change, and to activate the masses and to make it fun, sexy, cool, user-friendly, stylish, to be sustainable, right? Make sustainability fashionable and show people that you don't have to be, you know, a diehard tree hugger living in a yurt, you know, and meditating six hours a day to be conscious, right? Like that there's like every end of the spectrum to you can, you know, style and, and, and sustainability are not mutually exclusive. And, you know, when I, again, you know, coined the term eco fashion, there was this like, what people who are in fashion will never care about the environment and people who are into the environment are never going to care about fashion. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute, but I'm that person. And I can't be the only person that wants it all that wants style and sustainability and sec and be sexy and, mm -hmm. and have fun and laugh. And it doesn't have to be so serious, but I want to make responsible decisions across every opportunity in my life. And I know that I'm not alone. And as a mother and a parent of two millennials, and I watched their generation and, and my generation kind of converge in, in culture, and we're all waking up at different times in different ways. But, but I think the book was really meant to plant that seed somehow, somewhere 
in some way, as someone picks up the book and they read it and they say, whether they get excited when they're reading my art chapter and they're reading about all these incredibly innovative, cool, modern, far, you know, fashion forward slash forward thinking artists integrating environmental materials and mindsets, or they're reading the food chapter about how we're overcoming, you know, major issues like food waste, or we're looking at regenerative agriculture or organic agriculture or the, or the plant-based food movement, or they're in fashion or beauty, you know, reading about eco fashion or more environmentally responsible beauty products and ways that you can, you know, learn on the environmental working groups, you know, website or ways they can learn more and, and how to read labels and what to look for or business talking about B Corps and conscious business. So really the book has connected all of those dots, all of those folks in the wheel of popular culture ultimately common threads, again, creativity, consciousness, community, collaboration, uh, and connection and showing that through the lens of design and redesign, we can change the world. That's, yeah. that's really what the book is about. And the forward of the book was written by the founder of Aveda, um, who was my mentor for 25 years. Yeah. Well, I'm super excited to check the book out. And, you know, you've been working on this book for a few years now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's being published by Simon and Schuster, their Atria, um, in live division. And, uh, it's available actually for pre-order now on amazon.com, but obviously available upon its launch on amazon.com, Barnes and Noble, many other retailers. And it's taken me, you know, several years to write really because a lot of thought has gone on into, um, this book as a tool for activation and transformation, but in a, in a fun, cool way. And that's really, you know, what, how I think I differentiate myself. I've been in the trenches building this movement and I'm a fashion consumer. I don't want to give anything up. I want more and I want to feel good. Um, but I also want to look good and I also want to do good. And I think it's that sort of win, win, win model in business and the, the have it all mentality that is kind of really the core of why the environmental movement can go to a whole new level and be part of a consciousness revolution. And there is a revolution. And I think each generation now that's being born, as I see it, you know, is, is waking up even more. So they're being born with a, with a, a level of consciousness that generations prior didn't have. So I'm excited and very optimistic. Yeah. And as you were putting the pieces together for the book, what was your personal biggest aha moment? Um, you know, I think that as I, uh, started working on the book and realizing there's so many good stories to tell that so many amazing people are story doing, you know, it's not just about sustainability as a marketing tool, which in the early days of the sustainability movement, you would go to these conferences and there'd be a lot of marketing people and they'd be going back and they'd be wanting to, you know, latch on to sustainability as being relevant, but they weren't really putting the work behind it. And I think today what's shifted is that, um, companies don't want to talk about what they're doing so much. They're just doing and they're, mm. you know, but, uh, but the people that are doing and ready to talk who are talking, those are the ones where today's consumer are flocking to. So what I've done is I've curated the book, each chapter with who, what I call my Illuminartists. These are my modern day Michelangelo's that are just top of their game and paving the way and 
and they have amazing work that they've been doing. So they're kind of my version of, you know, popular culture influencers and, and people to, to watch and follow and learn from. And so each book highlights anywhere from five to seven Illuminartists of the movement. So, uh, I think, you know, again, goes back to, we're all stronger together than apart. Whole is greater than the sum of its parts. So we're all working together. We're all telling our own version of the same story, which is about, you know, transformation and consciousness and creating a better world. So, um, a lot, a lot of that is, is baked into the book. Awesome. So where can we buy the book and follow your work (laughs) online? Yes. So uh, my website is marcizaroff.com, M-A-R-C-I-Z-A-R-O-F-F. Um, Eco Ren uh, Now. Eco Ren Now is the Instagram for the book. And then my personal Instagram is marcizaroff, at marcizaroff. You can follow me uh, both online, um, on my social, my Facebook, marcizaroff and learn more about where you can buy the book. But of course, you know, Amazon and Barnes and Noble um, have the book and it was, um, and a lot more uh, places will be launching the book when it, when it comes out. I learned so much from Marcy and just wanted to say, if you're enjoying this episode, I'd so appreciate it if you shared it with two good friends who you think would also find this conversation inspiring. It always really motivates me to hear about the amazing things our guests have done with their work, especially when they prove that it's possible for us to thrive personally and professionally while making a difference, helping our planet become a more sustainable place to call home. Hopefully, we can inspire other people to start passion projects in sustainability, to collaborate with other people in the name of sustainability, or to create opportunities for themselves within this space. We really need all the talent, brains, and human resources we can get supporting this movement. If you do get a chance to share this anywhere, thank you so much. I so appreciate it. And for now, to our final five. Let's power through. What's an inspiring publication or social media account you follow? I think, you know, Mind, Body, Green and and Well and Good are very complementary and telling similar stories with eco-renaissance that it is an interconnection. Um, we are, we have to integrate, you know, mind, body and, uh, and well and good go hand in hand. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you tell yourself to stay positive and inspired? So I think everything in life is perspective. And, um, as an entrepreneur, you know, life is a perpetual puzzle for me and putting pieces together. And in that regard, that goes with what some people might perceive as challenges, but I see every challenge as an opportunity to get stronger and smarter and better. So have I hit walls? Have I had through my career? Of course I've had, you know, obstacles, but I actually welcome them and I see them as ways for me to pivot and do better at what I'm doing and learn and grow. What's one must do for your health, either daily or weekly? (laughs) So every day you have to get outside Um, you know, we need, we need fresh air and, you know, people get stuck, uh, I think, and comfortable, um, and, and we need to stay connected to nature. And, and I think also for me, I start my day every single day with some kind of 
nurturing process, whether it's, um, when I'm home in New York, you know, I start every day with a steam and a green mm. juice, a green juice or a green smoothie. And for me, uh, doing that steam. And when I get a chance also, you know, swimming some laps or doing a yoga class. I mean, obviously always, uh, very healing and nurturing to help reboot me so that I can get out in the world. For sure. What's one simple action we can take for our planet's health this week? So I would say eating a more plant-based diet. So just cutting out maybe one day a week um, where you eat all plant-based. And that makes a big difference environmentally. And I think it will um, help people realize we don't need um, animal protein the way that we've been led to believe. What makes you most hopeful for a planet right now? Uh, I think the, the stories, the storytelling and the demand for stories because of social media and the internet and millennials and, you know, this, this whole new way of when there are companies or, um, politicians or like anyone, you know, that might have been perceived as good in the past. If that, if news comes out and it's, we learn about something that was wrong or not socially just, I think it's, it's activating people. And I think that, you know, goes back to the dark and the light, having that connectivity on, and communication right now online, it has just been so powerful for this movement. And it's kind of all hands on deck right now. Uh, we got to protect our planet and humanity and we all have to work together to do that. So we got to get the word out as much as we can. And what final words of wisdom do you have for us as green dreamers? Just always follow your heart um, and don't compromise. And as entrepreneurs, if you see something or you're, you're dreaming of something that doesn't exist, then create it. And if that's too daunting, co-create it. Find other people who share that vision and reinvent and redesign. It's time to reinvent and redesign the world we want to live in. Green Dreamer, thank you so much for tuning in. You can find the two tweetable key takeaways from this interview in the show notes at greendreamer.com. You can reach me with feedback on how we can improve the show for you through the website's contact page. And you can follow me on Instagram at Kamea Shane. That's K-A-M-E-A-C-H-A-Y-N-E, where I'll be sharing more eco and wellness tips that may be helpful to you, regular reminders for you to recenter and stay grateful because your health is integral to everything that you do on the daily and just random things that I learn. I look forward to connecting there. And finally, just remember, now more than ever, our planet needs your light to thrive. So if you haven't yet, hit subscribe and I will catch you later, Green Dreamer.